This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Chapter 3. Today we're going to be looking at the letter that Jesus gave to the Apostle John for the church in Philadelphia. Beginning in verse 7 of chapter 3, we read, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David, and what he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, and yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones that I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, And they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we open our ears to hear indeed what you are saying to your church today. Lord, I ask that every one of us would leave this building with a fresh sense of who you are, that we will be able to live our lives in such a way that should you come today or tomorrow, that we would be ready to meet you. Lord, I ask that any unfinished business that we might have, that you would pinpoint that so that we can get on it quick and get it taken care of so that our lives can be spent doing your will. Lord, I ask that your presence would be here to make clear to our minds the things that we may not fully understand yet. We know that you are the revealer of truth, Holy Spirit, so would you please reveal the truth to each one of us. In the name of Jesus, to the glory of God the Father, amen. Philadelphia is... Brotherly love. And we are going to be looking at the message that God had for this specific church. And it begins by 
saying, This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. And what he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. It's very important that you and I realize that the opportunities that we receive in this life come from the hand of the Almighty God who cares about us and who loves us very much. I was listening to a uh, Christmas song, and uh, it was on the radio, and it was um, talking about getting together with family and being able to enjoy time together. And, and then part of the song, you may know it, and it, part of the words in it, it says, if the fates allow. And as I was listening to that song, and it was playing on a Christian radio station, I was pondering, what business does a line like that have in the song that refers to someone who is a believer in the Almighty God when we know that fate is not what governs our lives? And I was thinking about how sometimes, even as believers, we get caught up in thinking that there are simply forces that are at work to dictate our lives. And we do not take into account that God is the one who can change anything in a moment. You see, when you come to the conclusion that your destiny is just sealed, it takes away a whole lot of interest in any effort that we can put forth. Well, why pray if God's already predetermined what's going to happen? Why seek the Lord about a matter if you've already determined, well, whatever will be, will be? And it puts us in the back seat of our lives to simply observe where our life is going. And sometimes we end up thinking to ourselves, well, I didn't expect my life to go this way, but oh well, I guess that's how it's going to be. But I want to remind you this morning that you play a critical role in the direction that your life goes. But also and even more importantly, the God who redeemed you plays an even more critical role in the direction that your life goes. Every opportunity that comes your way that is a gift is a gift from the Almighty God. The Scripture tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no changing, no shadow of turning. Even for the unbeliever who does not believe in God. The Bible tells us very clearly that the sun rises and it sets. And those who do not even believe in the one who made the sun get the benefit of that. But it does not change the reality that that blessing came directly from the hand of the Almighty God. 
And I want to tell you that God is involved in your life. And the message here that God is giving to the church in Philadelphia is reiterating the reality that God holds the key to the doors. And when you get a job opportunity or an opportunity to go to another level in your job or something good happens in your family, sometimes we can brush it off and say, oh, I'm glad that happened and not realize the main reason why that blessing has come our way. It is simply for this reality that our Heavenly Father loves us and he cares about us. In fact, the scripture says that he is kind to even those who are unthankful. And for those of you who have needed to show kindness to unthankful people, you know how hard that is. God cares about you. And fate is not the dictator of your life. But rather, God will direct your life and his direction of your life is also influenced by your level of faith and your level of obedience. There are many who have come to the conclusion that God's going to do whatever he's going to do no matter what I do. And I'm here to tell you that is simply not true. God is sovereign, and he can do anything he wishes to do. That is true. But he also involves us in how he works things out in our lives. It's for that very reason that when Jesus, the Son of the living God, was walking on the earth, he allowed people to interrupt his schedule. If God, who was Jesus, was going to do whatever he wanted to do regardless, he would have never stopped when someone cried out. He would have been about his own business. Excuse me? I've got really important stuff to do. I am the son of the living God. I'm on my way. But no, he didn't handle it that way. Even when doing one miracle, he would be interrupted by a request to do another. And what would he do? Even then, he didn't say, excuse me. He took time. He was willing to not only lend an ear, but to change course when he heard the cry for help. Here's what I want you to recognize this morning. God holds the key, and God is very good at guiding and directing our lives by opening doors and closing doors. And I believe that sometimes God closing a door for us may be difficult for us to swallow, but it ends up being a blessing to our lives. If any of you can think back, because hindsight is always easier when you see that some doors that you really prayed would remain open and God said, sorry, son, sorry, daughter, that's not for you, and gently closed the door and you could not get in. You may have felt so 
frustrated at the moment. But looking back, you can see, wow, God had another door for me to walk through. And I want you to rest in this fact that God is able to open doors for you that you can never open for yourself. That's really important. Because what happens is as human beings, we get so caught up in thinking, well, if I'm going to be the one who's going to get something done in my life, then I need to get out there and do it. And certainly there is a part that you play. But I also want to tell you this, if God doesn't open that door for you, you're not going anywhere. You can be as ambitious as you want. You can even dream as big as you want. But if God doesn't open the door, you're not going anywhere. When I look back at my life, I think of some of the ways that God has directed. When I was younger, I used to kind of ponder, well, how did this work out and why did this work out? And more and more as I learn about my Heavenly Father, I see that it's not all as complicated as, it, as I made it. My God has directed my life in ways beyond me. And it keeps it simple. Because God can direct and open doors for you. He can guide and direct you tomorrow in things that right now may not be open for you. And here's the benefit. When God opens a door, nobody can close it. You know, sometimes you can be put under pressure to make a decision and you feel like, if I don't step through this door right now, it's all done. Salespeople will often do that because they want you to make, you know, the purchase or whatever. They may not intentionally be, be doing something that'll, that'll cause you to, uh, to maybe make the wrong decision, but sometimes that can happen. This is only good for the next 24 hours. If you don't jump on it, the deal's over. You're done. You've missed the opportunity for a great sale. And yet with God, God opens doors that no one can close. And I, I remember even in the process of making the decision whether to come to Springfield, Massachusetts or not, one of the things the Lord reminded me of, as he had in the past, was that he gives peace. And as long as it takes to get the peace is as long as is needed. There was no need for a rush decision. And I want to just make that point to all of you in this place. Some of you may feel under pressure for certain things. You feel like this door is going to close if I don't make this decision. God says to you, no one can close the door that I open. Now, the only problem that can happen is, is when you know God has opened the door and you know he has spoken to you, and you're rebellious and don't want to step through. Now, that's another story. The door can close. And he can be the one to close it. There are opportunities that God gives every one of us. And you and I need to do our part. But what you and I need to do does not require a huge amount of effort or a huge amount of strength. In fact, sometimes when you are called on by God to do certain things, God sees even your small steps of obedience, and he blesses you. And the strength that he provides will get you through to the next step. If you look in verse 8, 
it, uh, Jesus says, I know all the things that you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have a little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Some of you may be flat out. You feel like the schedule of life has been running you on a rat race. And sometimes it's even hard for you to sit down and put your thoughts together. And I want you to know that God's not expecting you to get it all in order before he directs your life. He will direct you even the moment you say, God, I feel overwhelmed, but I'm looking to you. Please speak because I'm listening. That moment, you don't have to have finances in order. You don't have to have all of your family relationships in order. You don't have to have everything figured out. God is simply looking for you to humble yourself and to come to him. And that's why the psalmist David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. God wants your attention to be turned to him. So don't sit in this place feeling condemned if everything's not working out just the way that it should. Turn your attention to the one who, if you listen to him, he'll open door after door after door. He'll take you places where you could never get yourself and where someone else may never lead you. But God will take you to places that you need to be. Whenever a prophetic word was given, if you read these uh, prophets in the Old Testament, you see that God spoke many things that at the time seemed so outlandish. It seemed like there's no way that this was going to happen. In fact, there were many times that Israel was leaning on other nations as those who would uh, help them win battles. And, and sometimes the prophets would clearly say, you're going to lose this one. You're not trusting in God. You're going to lose this one. Don't even go into battle. And the king would say, what are you talking about? We got plenty of men. We've got plenty of weapons. We're all set. And the biggest challenge was is that the leader did not listen to the voice of the Lord because they were leaning on what they had. It was their own thought of what that door would remain open for them. But little did they realize that God could change that in a moment. And on the flip side, friends, you and I need to remember that if there is an open door in front of us, and if we walk through in pride and in arrogance and we do not acknowledge God, God can also close that door very quickly. God wants us to depend 100% upon him. Verse 9 references those who actually proclaimed to be following God. He says, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones that I love because you have obeyed my command to persevere. Now, God sees every person's heart. Here, there were a group of people in the city of Philadelphia that were not truly following God. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Jesus refers to them as being members of Satan's synagogue. These members of Satan's synagogue, Jesus calls them liars. Why did Jesus call them liars? Because they actually said they were following God. 
Not everybody who says they're following God is, and that's where discernment comes in. Especially in these last days, friends, there are many, the Bible says, who are going to go their own way and say that they are following the one true God. Jesus says they are liars because they say they are Jews, but they are not. And what he would do is require them to come and acknowledge that those who were faithful, that they indeed were the ones that were loved by God. Sometimes it may seem like those around you that do not honor God, that do whatever they want to do, get off scot-free. But remember this, is that God keeps good records, and He knows exactly what's going on. So do not become frustrated when you see someone who does not acknowledge God at all. Continue to seem to walk through open door after open door, and everything seems to be going well for them. Remember this, that when God closes their door, nothing can open it. There is a day of reckoning. That day of reckoning is coming for every single one, believer and unbeliever alike. And I'm so thankful that Jesus died so that I can have forgiveness for my sins because otherwise on that day of reckoning, I would have no hope. But because of what he did, I do have hope, and so do you. But friend, in addition to that, the Bible says that every one of us in this room are going to give an account for our words and for our actions. And so we need to make sure that we are honoring the Lord in all that we do. God clearly points out that this church church in Philadelphia had little strength, and yet they obeyed his word and did not deny him. Appreciated what you shared, Sal, this morning. The truth is, is that those situations face all of us now and then. There are many times where we simply do not feel like coming to church or honoring God with tithing, or honoring God with our lives and the decisions that we make, the movies we watch, the things that we listen to. There's times where we just do not feel like it. But when we honor the Lord, even if we have a little strength, God honors that obedience, and He will reward that obedience. So how does He reward that obedience? Look at verse 10. Because you've obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. God desires for us to be prepared so that we can be able to bypass this great time of testing that will come upon the whole world. The Bible talks about these particular details in the very same book, the book of Revelation. There is coming a time in this earth where people will fear for their very lives. In fact, the Bible says that they will have so much fear about what's going to happen that they will actually pursue death. But the Scripture says that they will not be able to find it. Consider that. 
There are people who will take steps to end their life, but their life will not end. And the reason being is because during that time, there will be this great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. He further says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God. They will be citizens in the city of my God. This time of testing is going to be worldwide. It is going to be a time where every single person on this planet is going to be affected by the wrath of God. The same God who sent his one and only son and who allowed his wrath to be poured out on his son and who made available forgiveness for the whole world. You and I are living in a day of God's grace and favor from our awesome almighty God. But that time will not last forever. There is a day coming when God's wrath will be poured out in this world. And as you read through the book of Revelation, things can get quite overwhelming when you see what God does in the end. And friend, God never intended for you and I to bear the wrath of God. He didn't desire that. That's why he poured it out on his son, that he wants us to be able to be prepared so that we will not have to be in the midst of that mess. And he specifically says, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world. But you and I will not be able to receive that protection unless we obey his command to persevere. He will protect us from that time of testing if we have obeyed his word. Now, sometimes we can begin walking with God. We can begin and we can take steps to walk with the Lord. But how we start is not the same as how we finish. And God is looking for those who will finish the race and not just begin it. I'm so grateful for everyone who gave their heart to Christ from this point prior. But friends, that's just the beginning of our walk with the Lord. We must, as it says, persevere. We must persevere. You will face challenges in life that are going to test your resolve to follow Jesus. You must remain faithful. And you must know this, is that God is the one who is directing your life. And the more you become aware that God is directing your life, the more that you will not simply sit back and say, wow, this is very unfortunate as to where my life is heading. But you will begin to engage in spiritual warfare and to know that as you pray that there are strongholds that are broken in the heavenlies and there are redirections that can happen in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, who holds the key, will open the door for you as you pray and he will say, go for it. And you'll be able to step into areas that through your own power and ingenuity you would have never been able to enter. God holds the key. 
And it's very important that we remember where the direction of our lives come from, the Lord. So often we can get caught up in what we have available to us and we try so hard to work with what we've got. But my friends, we don't have enough to work with on our own. We need open doors from the Lord. I've spoken with many of you. And I know that you're believing God for changes in direction in certain areas. And I want to encourage you not to give up praying. Because the one who holds the key will open those doors for you. And once the doors open, no one can close it. I love how when God opened the Red Sea for the approximately 2 million Israelites that walked across, God gave them all the time they needed to get the weakest person, the slowest person, the youngest person across. God didn't say, if you don't make it, you're done. Water's coming down. You got two minutes. He opened the door, and no one could close it. And then when Egypt started to come across after Israel had made it to the other side, God said, no, 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 you're not touching my people. That's all done. The waters came over the enemy. When God opens a door, no one can close it. What the Lord has impressed on my heart for you this morning where are you looking for the direction in your life? For some of you, the most influential person in your life is the one you're looking to. And you're stuck because you think they hold the key. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's your boss. And you're thinking, if only my boss would do this, I'd have a whole different kind of perspective. I'd, I'd be able to do this. I'd be able, if someone just recognized my skills. But I want you to know this. Your boss does not hold the key. Your parent does not hold the key. Your spouse doesn't hold the key. He holds the key. And when you come to the key holder, he'll open a door that even they, in the authority that they were given by God, cannot open. As we seek the Lord, God will do end arounds and in ways that we never expected. And he will do miracles. God wants every one of us in this room to recognize where our help comes from. The psalmist David said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, friends, your ability to succeed is not simply in knowing people in authority or being able to be at the right place at the right time. You could be in your prayer room seeking God, and God can open a door for you that you being pushy and being proactive will never open. You need to seek the Lord first and foremost. Whatever that door that seems closed to you right now, and you think, boy, if I only had more time, if I only had more money, if I only had more opportunities, 
I would really be useful to the kingdom of God. Whatever those are, I want to challenge you today. Who are you looking to to open that door? Are you blaming yourself for not getting more education? Are you blaming yourself for not doing something a long time ago and you feel like your lot is stuck in life? And you think, man, this is all I'm ever going to amount to. And you get stuck in a mentality of a caste system. And you think that somehow your life has been allocated to fate. And that's it. That's all you're going to be. You're never going to amount to much more. I'm here to tell you that you were made in the image of the Almighty God. And God looks at you differently than that. And he holds the key. And all he's got to do is go over to the door and unlock it and open it and say, Joseph, go right on through. And he'll hold that door open as long as it takes. No matter how weak you are, you may hobble across the door, but he will keep it open till you go through. The challenge for you and I is to put our faith in the one who holds the key and you watch and see what he does. I have heard testimony after testimony about uh, those who have faced challenges and they've been uh, just wondering if God might open this door, God might open that door. And so I've often asked the question, well, what has the Lord asked you to do about it? What has the Lord asked you to do about it? And many times the person will say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. Then the next question is, what do you have? What little bit of strength do you have with which you can obey and serve the Lord? When you take that little baby step, God will take his step, and his step is so much bigger than ours. I believe that God wants to open doors of opportunity for everyone in this room. But he's only going to be able to open those doors for you when you rely on him. When you are not giving yourself the credit for those open doors, or you're giving the credit to fate, and God's going around opening doors, and you're like, oh, I wonder what, what happened there. Hmm. And we begin to sometimes just think about things in a very mundane way. And like the unbeliever who receives the blessing of the sun shining without even recognizing the Creator, sometimes there are doors God can open for us, and we do not give Him credit for them. And I believe God graciously does that because He loves us. But my friend, I truly believe this. When we put our faith and trust in him, and when we believe, God begins to open more doors because we trust him. Over and over, Jesus said this, according to your faith, be it unto you. And I say that to you today in the context of this. What door are you asking God to open? And what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I would like to ask all of us to close ourselves in with the Lord for a moment. God knows your needs. He knows the areas where you feel stuck. He knows the areas where you need to make forward movement. There's a door that may be closed in your way. For some of you, 
You know what God's told you to do, but you haven't done it yet. And I'm here to tell you, obey God. Don't expect the door to swing open because you shove it open. You obey God and you watch him open that door and no one can close it. Maybe you're in this room today and you really haven't allowed God to be the director of your life. Or maybe you used to. Maybe you used to be passionate for God one day, but you allowed that love to grow cold. And you've been going around in your own strength trying to push open doors and do your own thing. God says to you this morning, if you'll stop putting your trust in yourself and you'll surrender to me, I will provide everything that you need. Maybe you're in this room and you have never asked Jesus to come in and to transform your heart and to make you brand new. The Holy Spirit wants to do that for you today. He wants to make your life completely new so that if Jesus were to come right now, you'd be ready to go to heaven. With our mouth we confess, with our heart we believe. And if you're in this room and you would like to take that step, surrendering your life to Jesus or resurrendering your life to Jesus, I want to give you the invitation to simply stand to your feet right where you are this morning. I would love to pray with you. Is there anyone in this room that needs to make that decision? This is your open invitation. Jesus died so that you could experience complete freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from the wages of sin. And experience new life. One last call. Is there anyone? I sincerely hope from the bottom of my heart that everyone in this place is ready to meet Jesus. My next question is, you, better than anyone else, know where you feel stuck this morning. You feel like you're trying so hard, you're working hard, you're doing this, you're doing that. You may be getting a lot of stuff done, but you feel like you're not really moving forward in the things that are bringing fulfillment to your life. God says to you, if you'll ask me, I've got the key. Instead of relying on yourself to try to push doors open, if you ask me, I'll open the door. If you're in this room, and you know that God has been speaking to you about something, but you feel like it has not come to pass yet, and you feel like you're up against a closed door, and you would like to simply say, God, I turn to you this morning as the key holder, 
And I believe that when you open the door, no one can close it. I humbly ask you, would you please open that door for me? If that's you in this room, I want to invite you to simply stand to your feet right where you are. If that is your heart's cry, to say, God, I'm looking to you to open the door. And in, in you know whatever area it is that you're believing God for. If that's you, simply stand to your feet right where you are. God wants to move on your behalf as you put your trust in him. He sees your heart. He knows what you want to accomplish. And he knows the barriers that stand in your way. All across this room, is there anyone else? This is your window of opportunity. As you stand, I want you to bring to mind whatever the situation is that you feel is in your way, and I want you to bring it before the Lord right now. And to simply in your own words, doesn't have to be loud, but would you just bring it to mind, and would you bring it to the Lord? Say, God, I lay this at your feet. I bring this before you right now. And I ask that you would please open the door. And would you also be willing to say, God, if I need to change direction, would you kindly show me which way you'd like me to turn? Would you be willing to do that? Because you may be standing in front of a door God doesn't want to open. But I do know this, he won't let you stand there without further direction. And if you're willing to listen, he may guide you to say, this is the way, turn left or turn right. God, our ears are open to hear what your spirit has to say to us this morning. We're willing to redirect if you desire to guide us in another direction. Now, for those of you who are sitting and you feel like you're walking through the doors, God's opening them, you're trusting him through it, I want you to join together right where you are in prayer for those who are standing. And would you just pray, Lord, would you open those doors that need to be opened? And would you give confirmation? And would you direct your people this morning? Would you join with me in that prayer? And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe God with every single one of you who are standing. And I believe this, that as you take this step of faith, there are doors that are going to be open, and there are redirections that are going to happen. God is going to speak to you, because He said in His Word, anyone who comes to me, I will in no way reject. And those who seek me will find me if they search for me with all their heart. So with all your heart, would you just simply open your heart to the Lord and say, God, I'm available. I know you're the one who opens the door. I'm waiting on you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand here with my brothers and sisters. And I've been exactly 
where they are on many occasions. And so what they're doing is what you have called all of us to do. And we all find ourselves in this mode at certain seasons of our life. For those who right now are standing in a situation where they may feel that a door is not yet open. First, I want to pray, God, if they're standing in front of a door that they don't need to be standing in front of because you have another door for them some other place, would you make that clear to them? So that they will not waste their energy or time trying to open a door that is not good for them. If there is some other direction, Holy Spirit, even right now during this service, would you speak that word to them? And remind them maybe of something you told them a long time ago that you want them to refocus on? And if they're standing right now in front of a door that needs to be opened simply by calling out on you, I join together with them right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask, dear Lord, you who holds the key, would you please put it in the lock? Would you unlock the door? And would you please open it for them? And as they step through, may they step through into purpose, into fulfillment, into freedom, that they will be excited about the next steps that you have in store for them. Maybe this door will take them into a whole new arena, a whole new set of things that they're going to need to learn, a whole new set of responsibilities. But if this is a, a, a direction you want them to take, God, I know that you'll provide everything that they need as they step through this door. So in the name of Jesus, I pray that every door that needs to be opened, God, every door that it is in line with your will for their lives, may it be opened now for the glory of God and give them the courage and the strength to step through. And as they do, Lord, may their lives bring forth much fruit for your glory. May they be filled with joy at accomplishing your purposes for their lives. Thank you for hearing our prayer today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, an assignment for you who stood. Look for the open door. And as you see it, take your feet and walk through it. God provides the opportunity. You have to do the obeying. All right? So you do your part. God will always do his. Isaac, do you have a song on your heart that you could lead us out of this place with? In just a moment, I will bless you in the name of the Lord as you leave this place. But before I do, would you join me in standing as we sing this song together, and then you will be dismissed.
Thank you, Jesus. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. called my name I've been born again into a family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Can we sing that together? I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Praise God for setting us free from fear. And we can walk out of this place in confident assurance, knowing that we have been bought by the blood of Jesus. And the same God who purchased our lives will walk with us every single step of the way. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you today and always. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. We look forward to seeing you tonight at 6 o'clock for prayer. And God bless you.